1: Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jacob's affection for Joseph was unnatural. He wept and moved on when his mother and father died. But when Joseph supposedly was taken from him, he refused to be comforted. Today we would call this codependency. The anthem of the codependent is, I can't live if living is without you. The codependent structures his life in such a way as to be unable to function without the one he has built his existence around. The codependent is so convinced that his happiness hinges on another person that he no longer lives as an individual identity. The codependent has a constant fear of being rejected by the person he has become attached to. He fears being abandoned, betrayed, or outlived by them. In order to get or to keep the person, they believe that they cannot live without, they become masters of control, manipulation and domination. Dear friend, we were not created to be codependent or even independent, but Christ-dependent. And living Christ-dependent lives enriches every other relationship we have.
0: This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And thanks for joining us Phil here along with author and pastor Ken Legg as we conclude our look this week at the dreams of Joseph. And there certainly was some interesting family dynamics going on in Joseph's family. Uh, he Jacob spoiled Joseph rotten and that didn't help the situation all the time his brothers had to deal with his rejection. Must have been an interesting family to be in Ken. Yeah and I don't think that codependent is too strong a word to use here for, for Jacob because when Joseph was
1: taken from him He died on the inside. It's interesting to note in the Bible that after Joseph was taken down to Egypt, the focus is actually upon Joseph. He recovered and he moved on and was involved in God's program and purpose, but Jacob stood still. Now, the world calls it codependence. The Bible actually calls it idolatry. Uh, Joseph was given a place in Jacob's life which was reserved only for God. The one that they love becomes an idol to them. That's the the tragedy Mm -hmm. with codependency the relationship becomes the mainspring of their lives. We sometimes take one of the most precious things that God has given, that's human relationships, and feed off those in such a way that they become God to us. problem is that the codependent looks for perfect love from imperfect sources. You're not going to find it, are you? Not going to find it. You know, we get unrealistic expectations in relationships, forgetting that people are only human. And when they don't fulfill those expectations, we become devastated. Mm. So it's like a cycle of pain, if you like, feel kicks in. And... Uh, I often say that we will find great love in
0: relationships, but we'll never find perfect love there. We'll only find perfect love in the Creator. And that uh, brings an interesting point out. You said before that we need to be Christ-dependent. In fact, that's why God Mm. created us. But what does that actually mean? Well, some people say it's God first,
1: family second, church third, etc. I've I've heard heard that before. I prefer to look at it in another way. It's Christ in the center of all that we have and all that we do. The normal Christian life is not one of independence or codependency, but Christ-dependence. Now, when we live life this way, he enriches everything we have, including our relationships. So it's a life of abiding in Christ. This means learning to be connected to Jesus in a vital way every moment of every day. He's the vine, we're the branches. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. So this is normal. You and I are not the source of our wisdom and our power and our life. Thank God for that. Yeah, (laughs) but, but neither are others to us, you know. Uh, So God often allows us to come to the end of ourselves so that we can discover his grace. And the problem is that when we come to the end of ourselves, we often go running off to others, try to find the life source in them. And I guess that's switching from being independent to being codependent. Exactly. But then we find that when we start being codependent in relationships, they too start going wrong. Now, what Joseph's brothers did to Joseph, of course, was inexcusable. But the way that Jacob responded is equally indefensible when you think about it. I mean, someone's hurt you, then they're responsible for that hurt. But if you're still hurting after months and even years, then that's your choice. The person who gets hurt is human, we could say, but the person who gets bitter has got something wrong in their heart. So Hmm. what happened to Jacob was the fault of his sons. They did that to him. But what he let it do to him in the long run, we could say, was his choice, his own choice. So what exactly did it do to him? Well, he got very hurt, and you could say he died on the inside. Now, someone who dies on the inside because, you know, uh, another person has been taken away from them is basically an idol worshiper. That might sound harsh, but bitterness doesn't come from injustice. It comes from our response to injustice. Mm. It comes from the heart's refusal to trust God and his providential care. So, you know, obviously there's the grief thing, and we've talked much about that, Phil, uh, but he got
0: stuck there for years. He said, I refuse to be comforted. I will go down to my grave in sorrow. It's kind of like a, a coping mechanism, isn't it, when you get to that point, being codependent on somebody? Yeah, and that's the thing. I think if my codependent world uh, changes, then I'm forced to do something that I'm afraid to do, and that's trust God. <laughs> it's quite a contrast, though, isn't it, to how Joseph responded to the hurt that was uh, given to him you know, by his brothers? Absolutely. He responded totally differently to that hurt. I mean, he went through many trials. You think about it, betrayed
1: by his own brothers, then falsely accused, you know, in the midst of his integrity, unjust suffering, and then promises made to him that were broken. But, you know, the Bible says this, that God was with him. Yeah. And every time he suffered, he bounced back. Why? Because God was his life source, not another person. You know, he, he wasn't codependent. He wasn't independent. He was building a relationship with God, and he was living from the life of God. Uh, like Jesus, he knew what was in man, and he didn't commit himself to anyone to be responsible for, for his joy in life. And I think that's a mistake when we look to others to be responsible for our happiness. Now, on the other hand, the the thing that was most revealing about Jacob is that he never turned to the Lord. Not only was he angry about his circumstances, he was probably angry with God and, and remained angry with God. Instead of looking to God, he kind of distanced himself from him. Yeah. And then we see, of course, that he sets up this other idol in his life, which is Benjamin. Benjamin, yeah. And uh, when Benjamin's about to be taken from him, he says, all these things are against me. No one who really understands that they've been chosen by God can have that kind of victim mentality, so that everything in life is against me. Because when God is for you, who can be against you and Mm -hmm. prevail? Even though things are contrary to us, God will make all those things work together for good. But he didn't see the sovereignty of God. As far as he was concerned, God had failed
0: him. And it must have been pretty hard for Jacob when he had to get to that point of making the decision to let Benjamin go. You know, they were really stuck between that rock and a hard place. Yeah. Was he going to let Benjamin go? Were they going to stay there and starve and die? And in the end they said, well let's take him. Yeah, I get the impression they were pretty
1: skinny, those brothers, when they went
0: back to Egypt yeah, uh, yeah. Egypt. They had no choice. They were, they were
1: starving, you know. Uh, but of course, Phil, this was the turning point. Jacob released Benjamin, but he released him into God's hand. Something happened At that point, just like with Abraham, you know, when he gave up Isaac, you know, that was a real breakthrough in Mm. his life. And so it was with um, uh, Jacob, because the Bible says this, that he refers to God as El Shaddai at that point, the all sufficient one. He was coming to that place of saying, well, God is bigger than all this. And even though, you know, this is what it's come to, God is my El Shaddai, the all sufficient one. And so when you're left with nothing but God, you discover that God is sufficient. So he exercised faith, if you like, in the sovereign God, this sovereignty that Joseph had discovered years before. Yeah. You know, learned to trust God in all things. Jacob
0: now was beginning to discover that. It just goes to show that some of us are a little slower than others uh, (laughs) in picking up the need to change. But you love that moment in the story, Phil, when,
1: you know, he discovers that Joseph has been alive all this time. Yeah. And they get reconciled after all these years and all the pain and the grief and the sorrow and the mourning. They're reconciled. So he doesn't get Benjamin back when he releases him. He gets more than Benjamin. He gets Joseph back too. Now, here's one more interesting thing, Phil, as we just finish up today. It's at this point of the story of Jacob that he's actually called Israel for the first time. Now, you know, God promised that that's what he would be called, but he's still called Jacob, 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 until this point in his life. And of course, Israel means a prince with God. Up until then, he'd been a prince without God, trying to do it in his own strength, not trusting in the sovereignty and the the provision, the sufficiency of God. But now he's coming to that place where he's a true prince with God. And so we could finish with a question today, Phil, and it's this, how do we want to reign? By doing it in our own strength or by trusting in God and becoming a prince with Him.
0: Well, that brings us to the end of our series this week. hope you can join us next week when we start a brand new one. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free.
1: For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Lake and details about Ken's ministry, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.